0: Every time we're in the cafeteria with the guys, I'm like, guys, one day, y'all are going to be watching this TV screen and y'all are going to see me right there. And they're like, <laughs> I, they're always like, I can see it. I, I can, can see it. that. Can. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And when I was a kid, I was like, man, I always wanted to have a secret room in my house. Yes. So I'll have a little secret room in there. It's been a, a different season. There's been a lot of plays that, you know, I've given up this year that I have really, you know, haven't in the past and different things. And so I, I feel like my, my best, my better ball will be in the, in the second half.
1: Welcome into the lounge, presented by DraftKings. Short week, but we're still delivering the second episode.
2: Yeah, just because it's a short week doesn't mean we're taking any time off. I mean, we're here working. We just got to take a full week
1: and condense oh, it into two days. That's right. It's not, we're here working, double working.
2: Yeah, grinding. Grinding. Couple of grinders. So we did the reaction podcast earlier this week to the game against the Vikings, and now it's our player interview podcast with... One of the best guests you can get, all-pro cornerback, budding superstar in the NFL, budding also superstar.
1: already a superstar,
2: also budding
1: podcast host. That is very true. That is budding.
2: Yes, yes. <laughs> Marlon Humphrey, who also hosts the Guru Punch podcast along with Ronnie Stanley, is our guest today, and we're really excited to welcome in Marlon.
1: So let's just go ahead and jump to the interview. Well, Marlon, this, this isn't as good as the Guru Punch podcast. We'll admit, but we appreciate you joining our podcast. You know, we can promote yours. We can both be in this world and exist in this space together, I think. Yes,
0: I think so. Um, there's a lot of podcasts, a lot of room for them all. Um, it's cool to have my own, but, um, yeah, happy to be here. Uh, thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, so I want to start out with, you know, with your podcast, really, how have you enjoyed kind of getting into this game and becoming kind of this this media personality? You're you're turning to one of us, and that's not usually a good thing, Marlon. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's it's been really cool. Um, I think you know doing a podcast is is, is kind of right up my alley. When I was in, you know, I think when you get to college and or before you get to college, everyone always yeah. asks, you know, what do you want to do? What do you want to major in? And I was like, I did three years of, of college being like, I don't know what I want to major in. I'll just <laughs> pick this major. And then my last my last semester, I took uh public speaking. Okay. And I was like, dang, I kinda I think I like this. And I uh, know <laughs> I I wish I would have did a communications major way back then, but yeah. I found it on the tail end. So it's something I want to get into after I get done with uh ball. Yeah. So I feel like having a podcast was kinda right up that alley. And so I really enjoyed it. It's been um it's been different being on the other side of the mic, bringing in guests, interviewing them. Um, but it's been really cool, and I've, I've really enjoyed it.
1: So you think, like, broadcasting, after your playing playing days are done, decades from now. Yeah. Decades, decades from now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's
0: definitely the, the goal, um, whether it's broadcasting or kind of Stephen A. and Skip and yeah. you know, those type guys. So
1: um, I could see Analyst Hump. I mean, you're yeah, already kind of there. I know, So
0: Analyst Hump, he, he's been doing his thing. Um, so... Um, but uh, yeah, I, every time we're in the cafeteria with the guys, I'm like, guys, one day, y'all are gonna be watching the TV screen and y'all are gonna see me right there. And they're like, <laughs> I, they're always like, I can see it, I, I can see it. that, can, oh,
2: absolutely, yeah. yeah. And like some guys, like, I mean, the two probably most notable ones who have had, I mean, there's a million guys who have have made the transition, but Strahan. And mm-hmm. Nate Burleson have done it as well as anybody because they made the transition like from just doing the sports side to now they're
1: just straight news yep. and obviously making bank in the process. Well, a lot of former Ravens too, Bart Scott, Dominique Foxworth. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of former Ravens. I feel like there's more. I'm missing some. I mean, there's a bunch of guys that do there's, it. Like uh, local Tory Smith is doing it yep. and doing well.
2: So um, Steve Smith. Steve Smith. Smith. Mm. He's done really well too. Yeah, that's true. He has
0: some takes, some very bold bold takes. I, you know, I feel like it's always, you know, as as a former player, it's, you know, you gotta figure out which road you want to go. Do you want to be, you know, Leave he or just kind of, you know? Right. But Steve Smith he's definitely earned it to be able to say, you know, whatever. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Steve, no, he's going to mess with Steve. <laughs> no, going to mess with Steve. Steve
2: and Bart. Steve and Bart both That's have true. had the takes yeah, this year. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, what have you learned about trying to book guests? You know, because, you know, I've been on you, you know, about doing this for a couple of weeks and you and you stay true. Yeah. But I'm sure that sometimes, guys, you say, all right, you're going to do my podcast and it can be a challenge.
0: Yeah, it is very hard. <laughs> it's, it's, what, what doesn't help is the good thing about this is, you know, we're not far. Yes. From true. Where we got to be, the other side of the building, but I live a little bit out of the way. So I'm like, I live about 20 minutes away, but when I try to get guests, I say, bro, it's only 19 minutes. It's only 19 minutes. <laughs> so I, I, the, the one minute makes a difference, but, um, it's, I, if it's, if it's, and it's always on the off day, you know, the, se- mm-hmm. the season's so, right. so long for us and, I just, you know, I plan on playing for a long time, but shoot, when I get done, it's going to be tough to get those guys, so I'll need some help, <laughs> but um, it's definitely hard to get guests, but um we got some big guests coming soon,
1: so... Uh, Ooh, uh, oh, a little that's teaser. a teaser.
0: Wow, you know, he's already learning the little, teaser little thing. Little teaser, <laughs> a little teaser, so um, getting guests is tough. You always, you always got to give an incentive. I offer, you know, fake money all the time, you know? <laughs> I told Alejandro, he was our guest um, the other day, I told him I was going to give him 10000 but I told him it was going to come out of Ronnie's paycheck. So <laughs> uh, it, it, the money incentives work. I said so I can offer food. Um, there's a lot of things that I've offered that I have not given, but.
2: It yeah, makes you feel a little better about no incentive to come on our podcast. Yes, bingo, bingo <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I actually, you, you made the point about uh, where you live, and I, that's one of the questions I want to ask about, because I see you post on social media often about kind of what's going on at your house. And you were living in a camper this summer, camper, right? All right, camp. so kind of explain this to me. What is what is going on with this whole situation?
0: So back home, I um, I guess I'll give the full spill. Uh, so back home, um, back when it was Corona time, big Corona, yeah, and there was nothing to do and everything was closed. My dad, he was, hey man, what do you have any interest in um, going and looking at some land? And me and my older brother, we were like, man, there's nothing to do. He was like, you might buy some land one day, you never know. So we just went and saw some land. And it was like 750 acres.
1: This, and this is in Alabama. This is in Alabama. Okay. Like
0: 750 acres. Wow. And we're watch, looking at it. That's not, a lot of acres. Now, we've never, <laughs> We. I think I maybe grew up on maybe one acre. No, probably like half an acre. But. All right. So we're like, man, this is, this is cool. It was like, this is just a lot of land. So, But we just went to look. And this, um, the guy that was showing us, his son shows me a picture. And he shows me this picture of uh, like just this, it's like a peninsula. It's like piece of land and then there's three like small lakes that are surrounded by and I'm like looking at the picture I'm like what do we what do we went and check that out and they were like ah you don't want you don't want to see that that's that's really nothing and I'm kind of like oh let's just go check it out Uh, there's 229 acres we go check it out they said they hadn't been there in about two years they hadn't even touched like went on the land and you could tell it was erosion you could barely even drive down it yeah and as we're looking at it I I just saw, like, this crazy vision of taking some of these trees down, opening this up, opening that up. And we're like, oh, this is okay. We all get in the car, me and my dad and brother, and we're like, that is a piece of property. So we, <laughs> we were all, like, we were acting cool, like, running there. We were like, man, that is. And um, being that they hadn't been on there in a while, I um, I was like, hey, can I go back? And he, um, Howard uh, O'Neill, he's, he's been really, really helpful with me, just getting everything going. And um, I bought it. Named it the Marquee Oasis, and um, man, he he comes back and helps out a lot. And he's like, man, I really didn't see the this vision at all. Um, and he still got his 750. So so we're neighbors, and uh, he helps out a lot. And it's been a different experience uh, living in that camper. I wanted to stay out there so bad. I was like, man, I don't want to pitch a tent up. Uh, I don't know. What's happening. So I had this. My dad had this bright idea that I should get a camper, and camper living's a different life, man. It was. <laughs> I will say this. I had some bad experiences. I, I had to get a generator that generator runs out of gas. It was like freezing cold. Almost about almost froze to death one time because the generator turned off. I didn't have any heat. I woke up. I'm shaking. And I'm like, Ooh. so then I got to get the gas. I didn't have a jacket and spilling gas everywhere. And it was, there was some long nights, um, with that camera, but it was, it was definitely enjoyable. And, uh, Man, it's different. I, I I remember when Bozeman got his camper. Yeah, I was right. It sounds Bozeman guys. about a camper, I said, life? dude. I would never in my life live in a camper. Like Bozeman, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> two years later, I'm living in one, and I'm like, it really ain't that bad. So it was an interesting off season. Um, I got two cabins now while my house gets finished there. So the camper life is retired. Okay.
1: Okay. Now, now it, it's a cabin life. Well, I can't it wait to see the compound after it's done. Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm. I mean, excited.
1: I feel like when you're a kid, you know, and you have this vision of like, if I were to build my mansion, what would I put in bowling alley, <laughs> you know, like ski slope yeah. inside yeah. the house, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, like it's just the the visions can go kind of wild. Like, what kind of what's the craziest thing you're going to put on this property?
0: The the craziest thing. Well, I I, I was torn in between getting crazy crazy <laughs> and you know staying a little. You know, because it'll, like it'll humble, it, kind of. humble type <laughs> right. thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it won't be like my forever home type deal. So, okay. my forever home, I just, shoot. Uh, it, it might get crazy, but <laughs> um, that's where the ski slopes go. The only, the only thing that would be pretty crazy is I got an extra extra little bit of storage, and I'm gonna have like one of those bookshelves. You like pull a book, and then all of a sudden mm. you Ooh. fall off, and you're like, "Whoa, what's going on?" And so.
1: Like the wall comes out or something?
0: You pull the book and then it just opens up. I gotta figure out how, how I really want to get that really quick. I've I've always had this dream of like having this, even though I'm clearly not a kid anymore, but when I was a kid, I was like, man, I always wanted to have a secret room in my house. Yes. So I'll have a little secret room in there. Yes. That's cool.
1: You gotta have a full like bar back there. Yeah. Like cocktail bar back there. Yeah.
0: I don't know what I want to put in there, but it's like, a lot of big space of storage. I'm like this is going to be it. this got to be
1: something pretty cool. Or like a trampoline in there. <laughs> you open it up and it's a the trampoline not, inside.
0: Not, that might I might break the neck there. The height <laughs> the right. is not high. Actually, I don't know.
2: <laughs> but but
1: I probably won't go there. Go okay. There. All right. We don't want to see you get injured, so that's yes, fair. Definitely.
2: <laughs> so uh, just for you, how's this, you know, how do you feel like the season's going? Uh, I know you talked to, you know, we just you know, finished the presser with you out there today, basically saying defense not playing as well as you guys want, but you feel like that's weirdly one of the things that almost gives you confidence this year, which I kind of thought was like an interesting point, because you're like, I'm confident this year because the defense hasn't been as good as we want, but we're going to be better. And so that like gives you more confidence moving forward.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's been, a, it's been a, a different season. Um, not only for the defense, but even for myself, you know, I feel like there's been a lot of plays that, you know, I've given up this year that I've really, you know, haven't in the past and different things. And so I, I feel like my, my best, my better ball will be in the, in the second half. Uh, mm. That's, that's kind of what I'm hoping for. And, you know, without pressing it too hard. And then just as a defense, as a whole, um, you know, we just haven't, we haven't played perfect. Um, like I kind of said earlier, it's like we got a puzzle going, but there's just a piece missing. And it, one week is this piece, one week is this piece. And it's like, it messes up the whole puzzle. It's not specifically, uh, this guy, that guy, this guy, it's just like little plays and guys have really hit us when, when we've messed up. I think that's, what's been the, the biggest thing. Um, mm-hmm. it's like, I was just watching film earlier and I'm like, Oh man, this, this, this guy got beat, but the quarterback didn't see it. Like this guy came out of his gap, but the running back didn't see it. And so that happens so much in a football game. Um, but this year, it seemed like on defense, every time we've done that, it's, it's been hit. Mm-hmm. So those, those are kind of, you know.
1: Law of averages. That's going to balance out eventually. Yeah, kind of, it, right. it balances
0: out. You know, it's it's like the odds, man. It's like every everybody gets in a I – w- I was talking to maybe Coke, after one of the guys, and every o- offensive coordinator has a dream. They're like, all right, we got sixth place. Everyone, if they do this, is going to hit. Mm-hmm. Right. It's been games we went into this year – when all six of those are <laughs> hitting, the and it's like <laughs> that never happens. And right. It's like, yes, we got to play better. Um, we got to play better as a whole. But it's like, there's no way. It's like, it's like, oh, there's no way. And so, <laughs> yes. those have just happened this year. But like I said earlier, it's like it's given us major confidence that, man, we we haven't really played well at all. And right. um, you know, luckily we got you know Lamar Jackson, who's who's really helped us out a lot. Um, and the offense, man, I the offensive line is just done some serious serious things and it it's it's always fun to watch you know Lamar but man I really love watching that O-line and I just a cornerback who loves watching the
1: O-line. I don't, I don't think I've ever you know, heard that before. They
0: they go to work and I I, <laughs> I just imagine myself and I'm like we're talking about Pat Ricardo I'm like dude I don't want that dude running at me. I don't want right. this guy blocking me and it's you know they 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 put I just see I look up and I'm like man we've had the ball for We've had the ball, we've been on the field for seven minutes, and I always put myself on the defensive side. I'm like, I would be gassed. <laughs> right. It was eight-minute drives, and I'm like, man. So it, it's been a weird season, but, man, we're winning, and um, you really can't complain with that.
1: One thing I really like about you is like how even when a play goes badly for you personally, like you go on social media, you're like, well, that happened, like, that sucked, I didn't expect that to happen, like, you know what I mean, like, just the way that you handle it, and I think that shows a lot of maturity on your part, and being able, and especially as a cornerback, like, it's going to happen, right, you're like on an island, you're going to get beat for touchdowns, even the best do, and being able to move on from that is kind of key to long-term success, and so, I mean, just even the the Raiders touchdown, I think you got picked by your own player, they scored the game winner, and you're like, never, that's never happened to me before, you yeah. know? So like, how, how has that happened? How's that come about for you? Like having that mentality where you're able to kind of shake that off.
0: Man, I think for me, it, it really developed. Uh, I would say when I was really at a younger age, um, running track. Yeah. It seemed like, you know, when I was, I you don't know, when I was like 12, there was a kid that I just couldn't beat and my mom. I remember she'd be like, you got to keep working hard. You'll 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 eventually beat him. And then at the end of the year when when it come when it came time for kind of like the championship season to track, I would beat him. And then I, I moved on to high school. Just kid, I just couldn't beat. Like a year went by. He was winning, winning, winning. And then my mom like the same thing. You know, just keep working. Like you'll, you'll get him. You'll get him. I I know you'll outwork you know that guy and beat him. And mm-hmm. so the, those those kind of lessons early on and and, and really kind of just taught me like man it It'll be okay. You kind of can't really dwell on that. And mm-hmm. with track, there's there's this crazy thing with track. And it's like if a guy runs a if a guy runs a ten three you run eleven eleven three,
1: mm-hmm.
0: if you have your best race, let's say you you're that eleven three guy, you end up running eleven two, you PR, personal best. <laughs> if the guy has his worst race, he's still gonna beat you. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I was a four hundred guy and I would get into many obstacles when I was going to lose, no matter what. But I always had the mindset of, if you're going to beat me, you're going to have to come get me. I'm going to get out, and you're going to have to come get me. And either way, um, I felt like I would I would use in those situations, I would usually always run my best. Right. I would always run my best. And so it, it kind of just put this thing on me as like, you know, if you're really giving your all, you know, um, it'll be okay. I think the only time when I really was legit down from a play – was when I jumped off sides uh, against the Colts because mm-hmm. you know I I was I wasn't playing within the scheme of myself. I was like, man, I want to go block this, and I was thinking out of like, let me try to jump the snap. You know what I mean? So right. anytime I'm giving you know you know full effort, I, I'm never really down on myself. That was that was legit, probably the only time in, in really in my career that I've been like, dang, I, I felt I just felt because it, it was a selfish thing. So mm-hmm. I was kind of down. Um, I, I was happy, you know, we were able to end up winning, but man, I was like crap man i I, Mm. those selfish things kind of hurt that but when you're giving effort man i never really i never really get down
1: is it still tough though being all pro Marlowe, you know and having as much success as you have to have a string of of, you know long plays or touchdowns like how behind the scenes away from social media is it kind of tough to swallow sometimes
0: i would say um you know you you kind of it's 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 uh it's more just different um yeah, it, it's definitely different because um, you know you're used to making you know plays that somehow kind of getting beat, but um, it's I don't know, man. It's different. I I've, I actually did some like I've been recently doing like some just deeper you know like thinking,
1: mm-hmm. trying to
0: figure out, and nothing's really come to me yet. I'm just kind of just like man. that's how deep
1: thinking works. It takes yeah, time. It, ta-
0: it takes a while, but it it, it is weird. I'm like <laughs>
1: crap, man. I make that play,
0: like uh, man, I, I used to make that play and. So it's it's just been different, um, I would say for sure. But you know, I'm having fun with the guys. Um, but man, I can't wait for those plays to start coming. So um, they're coming. I'm 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 excited for the for the for the second half.
2: I'm curious for you. Like you mentioned, your mom and the story about track. Obviously, we know your dad was a great football player. How much do you lean on your parents, good and bad, like as you're? even as a professional athlete. Like, I think that there's kind of this interesting dynamic where fans don't really consider the fact that, like, at a certain point you're still a kid who probably calls your dad after games and your mom after games and talks about that. And, like, do you still lean on them a lot, like, good and bad, about what's happening and to pick you up after a bad game or, or to, whether it's talking specifics? Like, is that still a big part of what you do?
0: Yeah, I, def- I definitely do. My, um, my dad will call me. Or I'll call him and same with my mom. Um but usually, you know, I, I don't really like to I'm a guy that doesn't really like to talk about, you know, the good really ever. Um
2: I, I feel like you're the opposite. I feel like you're like a glass <laughs> opposite, half full. That makes him sound like you just like, bragging all the time. I feel like you're a glass <laughs> half full kind
0: of guy though. I I like I can <laughs> I learn better when it's bad. Okay. Right. But I like to I like to celebrate with the fans because I know they're happy right. and the teams happy. I love winning. Right. I love, actually, I mean, like winning. I don't like losing. Mm. So, but after like the hour to like you win the game, like four hours after that, I'm like, all right, this has got, to you got to get rid of this, but mm. a loss, it's like, or not even a loss. When I, when I play poorly, I'm like, man, okay, I can get interesting. And those conversations with your parents or, those are the ones that I need the most. Interesting. She's calling me like, man, what happened? And then you can talk about it. When it's like, you play good, you're like, uh call your girl. She's like, hey, this look good. I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Next subject, next subject. Because I think, um, you know, I mean, this NFL, man, it's, it's, it's so, it's just football in general. It's like, they love you, they love you, and then you play bad, and it's like, yeah. Uh, so, you really don't want to dwell too high. You know, I think when I was in high school, the, the best thing a coach ever told me, he was like, man, you can say as even kill as possible. You can have a long career. Mm. At, at corner, you get a pick. The game is definitely not over. Like they're <laughs> like, oh, we're still gonna come at you. You know what I mean? So you, you just never want to get too high. I think you get a pick. I get super excited, and then I stretch back your helmet. I yeah, I get to the <laughs> sideline, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, let's get back to normal. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, I, I talked to the team during earlier this year, um, and I was like, man, it's everyone loves making plays. It's like for me. After you make a play, it's like three to four seconds. Three to four seconds. That's
1: I go blank. You pose for the photo. I go blank.
0: <laughs> See the photo. That's in like the six second range. <laughs> the that's like the po- when you come down. The <laughs> helmet smacking. That's in that three. That,
1: right. That's in that three, you're three second
0: range. When you just like what <laughs> the crap's going on. You do something You plan a celebration and then you don't even do it because you're just like, oh crap. Uh huh. So those are that that. That's what I live for, man, the the, the three to four seconds of, of making a play, your team and making a play, and you're jumping up and down, celebrating. And um, that, that's a little, that's what I love about football. You know, practice, you get through it, you practice hard. Sometimes it sucks, sometimes it's great, you compete. Games, you love them, you love them, but those three to four seconds after you make a big play and and in the NFL, I must say, winning is so much different than it was at Bama. Mm. When we won our first game, I'll never forget. We win a game against Cincinnati, mm-hmm. season opener. I remember like Jimmy got a game-winning pick. Oh, well, we had already won the game, but game-sealing pick. Mm-hmm. End of the game, and I remember like I'm like, well, oh, the sidelines like kind of happy, like we're, 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 like weirdly <laughs> happy. I and mean, then we get in the locker room. I think Harb's hugged me. Like uh, Oz's in there, Dick has. Like, everyone's like hugging and smiling, and I'm like. At Bama, we win, and we're just like, all right, we've got another game Saturday, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, there was so much like enjoyment of winning, and I was like so thrown off. I'll never get. I'm like, why the crap is everyone so happy? Always win, <laughs> and I slowly started to realize, man, NFL those wins are so hard to come by. They at least deserve a little bit of you know time to just say, man, we just did that as a team, right? And I will say, it definitely changed my mindset of you know enjoying winning a little bit more. And, like, having fans that, you know, really care. I remember that Cincinnati game, not to rag Cincinnati, but it was a season opener, and it wasn't even, like, close to full. My parents came from the top deck to the lower bowl and just <laughs> stole some seats. <laughs> like, and, but it it was just crazy, man. And it's it's been really just a joy playing for the Ravens and the, the organization. I, I love getting those handshakes in the locker room after a win, and it's great, so... Yeah. It's made me appreciate winning a little bit more.
1: I feel like you've kind of become known for like after making a big play, like the scream as you run down the sideline. The Cincinnati game with the forced fumble and the Patrick Queen yeah. return for a touchdown is one that sticks in yeah. my Like that's that three to four seconds where you're just like Yeah, you, I also I, love the get off the field. The get off the field was an awesome <laughs> but that's one. Not, too. That's yeah. different from the scream. Yeah. I don't That seemed like that's kind more of, the taunt not to bring up taunting. I know that's a <laughs> sore <laughs> subject right oh, now. Oh gosh,
0: don't get me started. <laughs> get me precious.
1: But yeah, that three to four seconds, you've kind of become known yeah. for that.
0: Yeah. I mean it's it's like a crazy thing. I, I think every guy like every guy does it whether they know it or they don't. You look at the sideline, everyone just goes crazy for that short span, then everyone's like, Okay, back to the next play. Right, you right. know, you so it's 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 a crazy thing. Um it reminds me of Lamar with the Seahawks when he scored that touchdown and he's like, ah, and threw the ball and I was like, You better throw your arm out. You threw the ball so hard <laughs> at that wall. you know what I mean? <laughs> so um Man, it's 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 a it's a big thrill. Um, but I, I talked to the guys. It was like I could have never won a Super Bowl, but I'm like, I feel like you win that Super Bowl. It was three to four seconds or like a whole off season. So yes. I was like, that's what we're chasing for. And it's man, I whenever guys talk about it, Jimmy and CoCap, it's like, man, I want that so bad. it yeah. so bad.
1: One thing that uh, fans have talked about and we've talked about a little bit in in discussing the secondary and some of the troubles this season is the loss of Marcus Peters. And, you know, we've kind of talked about my gut. Tell me if I'm wrong on this. It's like Marcus, besides being an awesome cornerback, turnover specialist, like excellent student of the game, all that, like he's also just an alpha. Like that dude is like – talks more crap on the sideline than anybody <laughs> I've ever heard. Yeah. Like, he just brings that dog, kind of. Yeah. How much of the swagger, dog, alpha, whatever the word is, you know, that is lost without him, how much has that kind of had a little bit of an effect on this defense?
0: It definitely has. You know, I think, you know, people are like, oh, like, we're missing Marcus, we missing Marcus. Like, it, his play, not not to take away anything from his play, his play speaks for itself. Right, But... There was so much more to Marcus than just, you know, the player was the the alpha, the, you know, the mentality, but also just his smarts, um, how it echoed across the whole defense, the mm-hmm. communication, telling this guy this, talking to the linebackers about drops, overs, talking to me across the field. I would look over, he'd be giving me <laughs> a hand signal. Um, there was so much that, you know, it, it's like, you know, you saw a lot of fans say, like, Marcus Peters was born to be a Raven. And yeah. I felt like that was such a true statement. Mm-hmm. Um, he really embraced, you know, what, Raven was, and it's you know we see him in the in the training room all the time, and every time we come through in a home game, he's always in the locker room at halftime telling us something. He, he just was telling us um, this past game for us to tighten up um, going into the Vikings. So he's still a part of us, um, but man, we, we definitely missed a lot—not just a football guy, but all the other attributes he brought to the table. And you know we, we missed that stuff, but uh, you know we're, we're, we're still we're still trying to get it uh, figured all out altogether, but to lose him right before the season, that was, that was, you know, you, you plug in a guy that can, that can cover like Anthony Abert, but you know, you can really never replace a guy like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Kind of just a shocking blow. Like that close to the season, it was just jarring. Yeah, it. it was,
2: that was the. It's that the craziest practice you think you've ever been in?
0: That, that practice was like, that was for sure the craziest practice ever, but it was just weird. It, it was like one thing happened and then you're like, oh man, and then. The second one, you're like, what is going? You're, everyone was just like, helmets were getting thrown. People were just pissed, but people were also just devastated. It was, it was like, man, I, I don't even know how to describe that. But it was, it w- it was just crazy. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's crazy that we're sitting here, six and two, six and two, without some some key pieces. And man, I think it's it's a, it's a big testament to to the guys, but not only the guys to the coaches and really everybody. I think it was a whole, you know. Everyone kind of bonded together from you know the nutrition you know to to the coaches to the players that man we lost some guys but I think Harbaugh said something really good right before we made the cuts for the uh for the fifty three he said man if I could keep everybody in here I would because I think all you guys can play and then you look you see Anthony Everett getting in there you see Tyson starting you see all these guys that you know he said all you guys can play I think all you guys can play in you know, I think he stuck to his word and it ended up being true. Yeah.
2: All right, well, let's finish on a happier note here because we want to get you to meetings, but I also got to finish on a happier note. Can you get the service fixed on the IG Live? You know, <laughs> post-victory IG Live. We're all hoping for a victory IG Live on Thursday night after the after the game against the Dolphins. Fingers crossed for that. But the last time, the service was terrible. We couldn't even enjoy it. All right, I don't know what <laughs> happened. We were in uh, – That was, was that Denver? I think that I was Denver. Yeah, that was the last road game, right? Yeah.
0: I don't know what happened, but IG crashed the next day. Uh-huh. I don't know Ooh. if that had anything to do with it, <laughs> but <laughs> I was a little disappointed. That actually was a really good one. And Ugh. it was weird because even when I tried to play it back, it wouldn't even play back right now. I was like, but those IG lives, man, are, are great. I are gold. I got to get my uh, comment things turned back on to where the fans can all say their stuff. They. You mm. say some funny stuff, <laughs> <laughs> so so I gotta get uh, I gotta get that back that back on as well. But those are the type of things that when I was talking earlier, I was like, I really started enjoying winning more. Yeah, because of stuff like that. You know, sometimes it's hard to get people to talk on those things, but it but it it, it, <laughs> it you know it promotes you know just, just having I get my little you know future interviewer. Roll going. <laughs>
1: Show um, those chops. <laughs> so, so
0: who's got the fits? You know, I miss Big O. He used to always, he used to always mm. want to be on there. Mm. He delivered. His outfit. He delivered. Right. You know, sometimes it's hard to get these guys to deliver. You know <laughs> what I mean? And you, you got to force them to deliver. But, but those are great. Um, you know, we win this one, win, win the net. I think we're on the road twice. Yeah. Yeah. Chicago. No, go. Yep. On the road twice. Um, mm-hmm. I might have to start getting Harbs going. I remember the, Ooh. the, oh, the first, hats, the, the hats. The hats. That's what I'm saying. Harbs He'll get going. So we, 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 get, we get to plus, uh, plus five. I, I think I'll be able to make my way to the front of the plane and, and get some coaches. So hopefully uh, we get this win, take care of business on Thursday night, and uh, the service will, will be better. Okay. Right. Nice. Hopefully.
1: All hopefully. right. Fingers I, crossed. I might need to take a little portable Wi-Fi. If not, but
0: I, I got to do better on my end, and
2: uh, we'll get it done. Awesome. Nice. Well, thank you so much. Sunday is right
1: around the corner. Draft your lineups now to feel the sweat with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the Baltimore Ravens. Life is more fun when you have skin in the game. Download the DraftKings app to check out all the action and daily contests. New users, enter code FLOG when signing up to get a special offer. That's code FLOG and get a special sign-up bonus. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details great stuff from Marlon I tell you I say this I feel like every time we have an interview but but I like that guy but I like that guy <laughs> He's one of my favorite guys Yeah like he's just I, I like uh one thing I like about him is that he's always kind of like that upbeat guy. That, I think that's what you were referring yeah, to. Yeah, like I wasn't trying right. to say that he's like
2: like a, sh- a
1: showboat or right, anything right. like that. He just yeah. has like a, a positive energy around him. Yes. Like an optimistic guy, looks at the bright side of life, and I like that about him. It's like a breath of fresh air. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes I can get go down the news cycle and I start to get a little angry at the world. And then Marlon lifts you up. And then Marlon lifts me up. Mm. Yeah,
2: cuz he's a funny guy. Well, he, he no but he is honestly one of those guys who can change the energy in a room. Yes. Like when he walks into a room, he brings a lot of energy, he's funny, mm-hmm. um, and he's thoughtful too. Like he's not bluster. Like then that and I think listeners and I hope listeners gathered that in listening to him like he's a thoughtful person um who just puts a lot into the game beyond just like the actual football work. Like I mm-hmm. think that that's He's a cerebral player, and I think that he's, like, always trying to learn from people. Like, you brought up the Marcus Peters thing, and he talked all the time when Marcus got here. Like, wow, he kind of opened up a new perspective on the game for mm-hmm. me. And I think that you've seen that evolution in Marlon as well.
1: Well, and I think you see, too, why the Ravens invested so much in him like they did, yeah. right? I mean, made him one of the top-paid cornerbacks in the league because he's the total package. Yeah, yeah. And um uh, yeah, I, I just think he's, he's going to break out of, of this little kind of slump that he's been in to a degree with some big plays. Um, you know, it has been interesting and I, I wanted to ask him, but it, we ran out of time. He had to run the meetings about the transition back to the outside from he played in the slot really primarily most of the past two years. And now he's back on the outside, which is, you know, his natural position mm-hmm. where he played at Alabama. But after you played in the slot for two years in the NFL, like I just, that's a little bit of a transition to go back outside. So I wonder if that has played into it a little bit, you know, some of the punch out stuff, the fruit punch that's coming. Yeah. Um. He just kind of, I think needs like some of that stuff to kind of get rolling, you yeah. know? Um. So, yeah, no, he's the punch outs are coming. Um. And I, I really did
2: think it was kind of interesting perspective that he feels like one of the reasons that like the defense, it's been interesting hearing from the defense this week. Clays Campbell kind of had this tone and Marlon had this tone like, and Patrick Queen had this tone after the game, like the defense was not doing a victory lap after the game
1: on Sunday. No. Even though they had a pretty good game yeah. overall, yeah. it's like we've talked about, you know, you can't play good defense 80% of the time and then 20% you're giving up bombs and long runs. Mm-hmm. Like it just that that math doesn't work out, unfortunately. Yeah.
2: yeah. And so they
1: definitely feel like they
2: still have things to work on and clean up, which of course they do and they're working on that. But they just feel like if they can clean up the things that they need to, which they're confident they'll be able to do that. Then all of a sudden, you've really got kind of a complete team dynamic Mm -hmm. going on where the defense is playing well, and the offense, which is getting healthier, and Lamar is taking a big step in in a lot of ways. just feels like, okay, all of a sudden if the defense starts playing like a top-ten defense, which I think they certainly can, then look out because this team – might be the best. In the exactly. League. The,
1: I mean, the thing about the Ravens that you always say, well, the defense is going to be really good. How good can the offense be? Mm-hmm. Right? It's been over the entire existence of this organization. Now the offense is humming. You have this MVP quarterback who's playing at an MVP level. And and you say, all right, now if we can get the defense there, you know, this thing yeah. you've always taken for granted. And I, I think the defense, it's just it's I mean, I feel like we've said this to each other a million times this season is like this defense is just too talented and too good to be playing like this. Yeah. They they should be better than they are, and I think they, they will get to that point. Here's one thing that I don't agree with Marlon on is the analogy of the puzzle piece. Okay, so he said if one puzzle piece is missing, then it screws up the whole puzzle. He, I, you know, if you have the one missing, you just cut bait and you say, I'm just, I got to find that piece. It, it doesn't, the rest of the puzzle looks fine. It's just that one piece is missing. You know so what I mean? So what, so you just say, just finish the rest
2: of the puzzle and there's just a missing piece or. Well,
1: you, you don't realize it until the rest of the puzzle is basically finished anyway. Mm. Right. You don't realize that you're missing a pit. You don't search for the piece when there's like 900 other pieces still left to be put in. Right. So you're saying just move on, move on. And then what do you ultimately do with that missing piece though? Well, ultimately, if you never find the missing piece, if you get to the end and there's one piece missing, you scour the house. First of all, you look under the rugs. You look everywhere. If you don't find it, then, I mean, I wouldn't put it in a frame with the missing piece. Maybe I would draw the missing piece. Mm-hmm. We talked to Udafe about. Michael well, the skills. thing
2: is, can I just tell a funny puzzle story here? So, <laughs> oh, we can, you have
1: a puzzle story. I
2: don't like puzzles. I hate puzzles. I don't have the patience for puzzles. Well, I just hate searching around, looking for all these pieces. Basically, doing what you're describing is like the bane of my existence. I would hate doing that. Really? I would hate. it's just.
1: I like a. Nice, there's nothing a fun puzzle. about it. It's to relaxing. Me. It's not fun. That would. I get fr- not It's be the frustrating
2: right to me. You're looking for it. There's really? nothing relaxing. I don't like it. I you hate puzzles. You don't have enough patience. I don't exactly right. So, we were on our honeymoon. My wife and I, Christy, we were on our honeymoon and we were at this resort and they had like this area. We started talking with some people. They were some, I think some, from somewhere in Europe. Anyway, mm-hmm. we started just kind of chat with them and join the conversation and they started doing a puzzle. And Christy's like, "Yeah, in that's the such- middle of the
1: conversation?" No, well like it was like kind of an area.
2: This was like an area, like a little game area at this okay. at this resort. Okay. And so we were like sitting there having some drinks and talking and like they started doing a puzzle. And, like, you guys want to do it? So we started doing this puzzle. And I'm like five minutes in, and I'm just like, this sucks. So we,
1: get, but then you're you're committed. Oh, to the you're puzzle. Ro- oh, you're roped in. You're you can't you, start a puzzle. I've been up at 3 a.m. working on some. Puzzles, so you're so committed. You can't cut bait you're committed. And I'm just like, this
2: is terrible. And so I we do the puzzle. I'm basically just hating it the entire time. <laughs> and so then we're joking afterwards about how terrible it was. And then we come down in the morning after basically spending I don't know how much time come down in the morning to be like all right well, let's see the puzzle in the light let's see the puzzle yeah. by the beach in the light at least we have that at least we'll have our beautiful puzzle in this beautiful location and the puzzle had been put away and taken down no,
1: <laughs> it gone. no it was they gone. packed up the puzzle in the middle the of the puzzle
2: in the middle of the night and it was gone
1: oh that's messed up so all that's that like work four hours of your life that you'll never get back i know and, wow. Oh, on your honey. Uh, puzzle on your honeymoon. I've, I've got s- some questions. <laughs> it was just terrible. It was terrible. Anyway. All right. Let's move on from puzzle talk. Uh, we got some good emails this week. As always, you can reach us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. This one's from Riley Runberg. He said, uh, what a win. That win is exactly what the Ravens are made of. Hard, hard fought and grinding out a big win. Josh Bynes played amazing, and I'm so happy to have him back in black and purple. Lamar played like Lamar, guys one of one, legendary, blah, blah, blah. Okay, here's his questions. He says, are we going to sign Josh Bynes to a longer deal? He has proven time in and time out that he can play in big games. He just seems like a Raven through and through. That's his first question.
2: Well, Josh is a Raven through and through, but, I mean, Josh at this point of of his (coughs) career isn't signing a five-year contract extension. Right. Like he's year to year. He's year to year. And I think <clears> even <throat> for him, like he's kind of assessing it at the end of every year, whether he wants to keep playing and all that. So I don't think that there's any pressure from him to try to get a long term contract. And that's certainly not like the top of the priority list. There's other guys who are going to be up on contracts that you would get done before right. that.
1: Right. right. Maybe, but, 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 but sure. At, at the end of the year, if the Ravens feel like, uh, you know, LJ Fort is going to be a question mark. He's coming off of yeah. a knee. I think it's yeah. a knee for yeah. LJ. Yep. And so, you know, if the Ravens feel like, well, we still need that veteran guy, then maybe he's somebody that they welcome back. I don't think it would be on the first day of free agency. I think it would probably be sometime in training camp when they evaluate or late in training camp or right when the season begins if they evaluate and say, you know what, kind of like this year. We need a little veteran presence in there. Maybe if LJ's not ready or 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 whatever, then they could bring him back. But I don't think it's going to be a multi-year contract and I don't think it would come until later in the season.
2: Yeah, and I think (laughs) that, like, you know, for Josh too, there's the question of how long he wants to play. Yeah, yeah. So Absolutely. that's the other factor as well. All right.
1: Next question. Is Rashad Bateman finally our knight in shining armor <laughs> on the outside? I feel like him and Hollywood are a deadly duo.
2: Well, isn't Hollywood kind of a knight in shining armor? I mean, I mean, yeah. Is he, is he basically no, trying to well, say, is Bateman solve the wide receiver riddle? Is that what he's implying? I guess so. Well, I, I think mean, Hollywood I think, maybe has already
1: solved that riddle. That's a, a great point. Yeah. The first round wide receiver curse yeah. appears over mm-hmm. with Hollywood Brown, not yeah. with Rashad Bateman.
2: Now, like, this could be basically a follow up on the no curse, you know, because I right. really like what I've seen from Bateman, but um, Hollywood, I think, has broken that.
1: I will say that Rashad Bateman has answered the bat signal call, right? <laughs> the bat signal went up when Sammy went down with the, the hamstring, and Rashad Bateman, what's the sound? Is there a sound? That's
2: yeah. not it. No, I don't think that's, it. that's not it. I don't know that there's a Batman sound.
1: Really? Okay. Yeah. Anyway, he saw the signal, and he responded, yes. and he's played quite well. And I, I think big things in store for Rashad Bateman. All right. Next question. How is many questions how, has Riley got he's here? Got, he's got four. Next R- one's R- about the refs. We're not going to get into that. You don't want to get me talking about the refs right now after watching that Steelers game yeah. on Monday Night Football. Just move on. We'll move on. All right, uh, then last question, and this one is pertinent to this game. Can Brandon Stevens step up mm. and fill in for Deshaun Elliott? He was very bummed about Elliott's injury.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of people were bummed about Elliott's injury, uh, myself included. I think players on the team were. Yeah. Um, Marlon actually talked, not in the podcast, but in his press conference, uh, kind of just about how Elliott was a tone setter in terms mm. of an, from an energy standpoint. Calais Campbell said the same thing. Um, and I think that that's a loss uh, in a big way. Um I,
1: Kind of like we you talked about Marcus Peters and yeah. the energy. Yeah. Like, Deshaun kind of was like that.
2: Yeah, he kind of had that same type of energy. Um, so in terms of Brandon Stevens stepping in, I think he can. I, what I will be curious to see is whether, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, like, is it, all right, Brandon Stevens, you're up, or is it more of a rotation with Jimmy Smith in the mix, Geno Stone, like... What is, how do the Ravens truly try to replace Deshaun? Is your expect, is your expectation that it's just Brandon Stevens?
1: No, no. I think, I think there will be somewhat of a rotation. I think Geno Stone will get some reps in there. I think Geno, uh, Jimmy Smith will get some reps in there. I mean, the Ravens have, I don't know how many different, different defensive packages. Mm -hmm. Kemba Cusick could come on here and talk race car all day. Um, (laughs) but they have a lot of different packages and can do a lot of different things. So no, I don't, I don't, I think it's more on like, what what package the offense brings out is going to dictate it to some degree, you know, down the distance, all those kind of things. So, no, I don't think it's going to be just Brandon Stevens, but he's obviously going to have a big role. He's going to be thrust into a pretty big spot for a third-round rookie converted running back, converted cornerback. Now it's a safety. It's a it's a tough one. Um, he luckily had two starts with Deshaun out because of injuries previously this season, a concussion and a, a quad injury for Deshaun. So it's not his first time stepping in, but he's going to have to grow up fast. There's no two bones about it. Um, you know what I was just thinking as we were talking? It's like how different this defense is compared to some of your like ultimate machismo Ravens defenses of years past where you had these huge personalities and, and like multiple alphas all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not saying the Ravens have a bunch of like choir boys out there, but like who who is like the loud? Marlon. Like literally Marlon might be it right now. I mean, Anthony's a quiet guy. Chuck Clark, like, kind of a a, a chiller guy. Now, mm-hmm. I think on Sundays, I think he can turn Cal- it off a little bit. And
2: Calais Campbell is... But in a different way. In a different way. I
1: mean, Calais Campbell is, like, the nicest guy on the field. Yeah. But but, but, he, plays- but he but he ragdolls people, and he plays... He, he,
2: he plays yes. much meaner.
1: Yes, uh, he does. <laughs> <laughs> He's not the Walter Payton man of the year all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but... But you know what I mean? Like, Patrick Queen is like more of a subdued guy. You know, I mean, Josh Bond, it's like, you go down the list right now and like, you look at, compare it to Ravens' defense as a pass with like, what's well, it's Thrill always just tough. Yeah, it's and always just obviously. tough. It's always tough because like, for 16 years, you
2: had like, you just compare it to like Ray Lewis and you're Ray Lewis, like, Ray
1: Lewis throws Suggs, yeah. and read some of the like most macho dudes yeah, you can think and also of. Yeah, like huge personalities. Right. Um, I mean, Justin Houston or, you know, Odafe. It's just like it's just interesting. It's interesting thinking about it, and like I said, this defense has a ton of talent. Like you, you can be all the rah rah macho stuff you want to be and still suck. Mm-hmm. I don't think that you know, but I, I, it's just interesting to compare it. Yeah, I get it. Um, Tavon Young is kind of a dog, yeah. But not really a loud I just, guy. I just don't. I think that it's like kind of
2: it's interesting to kind of put it side by side, but I don't know that that has like
1: super tangible effect on, yeah. on the Yeah, I don't product, know what that is. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Marlon said they miss they miss it from Marcus. But he and also think said they, that are they are miss, the miss it smarts. From, like,
2: the, yeah, they, yeah. like there's more – it wasn't just like, man, we miss Marcus because like we need someone to step up in the trash talk department, which <laughs> I love the trash talk from Marcus Peters. I think everybody does. Yes. But I think that there's like – what I took from what he was saying is that there's a lot that he does – it affects the game in a variety of ways. The, yes. The, the kind of that attitude being a component of it,
1: but that's just one of the many things. I would agree with that. Anyway, thank you for the email. And uh, as always, like we said, you can reach us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. By the we way, got, we're we're out of t shirts. We are out. We're I know. Out. I, I said to Michelle that we need to order more t shirts. Mm-hmm. A because I don't have my uh, holiday gifts already picked out, so we need to order more so I can give my parents something. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife. <laughs> Everyone gets
2: lounge t-shirts. That's why we're out. Everyone got a lounge t-shirt in their stocking at the main household.
1: <laughs> but we do need to – she, she wasn't ready to place the order immediately. Mm. Well, we but need if it. we get some emails nudging her in that direction, mm. you know – Maybe we get some more t-shirts. We could we're out. Her.
2: We are out. So if you're trying to make a push for more t-shirts, you can email us at <laughs> lounge at NFL. <ravens.nfl. laughs> .net. putting on the pressure. So, uh, Got a big game
1: coming up Thursday night. Yeah, Miami Dolphins.
2: Yeah, I think I think it's going to be. Look, I think the Ravens will take care of business. Um, Dolphins are banged up. Question marks at quarterback. In two last and place seven. in the AFC. East. Um, two and seven. Two and six. I think it's two and seven. Okay. Um, and I just think that this is a game that the Ravens will take care of business. I don't know. It'll be fifty-nine to ten, mm-hmm. like it
1: was two years ago. Um, that game was unreal
2: but i do think that the ravens will win handily and i think they'll they'll come out strong
1: i agree i think this is the first quarter
2: all you haters
1: that are complaining about these slow starts like you it's this, been is a slow start. this is I the week this is the week i think they bust out this week yeah. i i will never ever ever bet against lamar jackson in south florida it's good that's a good position to take i mean when he goes back home there's just something different the only thing that concerns me is i think rain is in the forecast i really would like it to not happen yeah um but yeah man Thursday night football, prime time, in his backyard. I feel feel good. It's going to be a show. This is going to be the big win. That was an opera one. (laughs)